Well, hello everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. We have been friends with Rick and Marilyn Boyer for a number of years, and you said you remembered exactly when. I remember exactly when. When it did was we September meet them? of 1997. Okay. And when, so when was that? Was, that was at the HSLDA Leadership Conference in Boston, I believe. Yes, but that was that's when we met them in real life because but we, yes, but we knew of them long before that because, because we read one of your books back when we were like little baby homeschoolers in Louisiana. <laughs> we read um, "Yes, They're All Ours." Oh yeah, and I think the socialization trap, as I recall. Yes. I, those were yeah. both. Those were both about the same time, weren't they? Or at least available in, about that. They were our first two books. They were early nineties. Yeah. You know, that. Yeah. That's that's our vintage. <laughs> so yeah. we. So we've we've known Rick and Marilyn either by uh, by their writing or by their smiling faces for quite a number of years. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here, Rick. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here, guys. Good to see you again. One, one of the things I have always really appreciated about you and Marilyn is something that Hal and I feel strongly about too. And that is that homeschooling is about a lot more than math and spelling. That the critical part is the relationships and the discipleship that you opportunities that you have with your kids. Oh yeah. That's uh, that's what life's all about. If you have a family and, uh, you know, we uh, we were into that before we were into homeschooling, so it was just a kind of a natural outgrowth of what we were trying to already do with our kids. And I'm sure you had pretty much the same experience. Yeah. Now, now you you've got you've got a few kids like we do. Yeah. What what was what was the what was the final tally on that? Uh, eight girls and six boys. Cool. Total fourteen. What, so, what's your age range? Our oldest is 47. Our youngest is 23. So there's a 24-year gap in there. Wow. Not a gap, but spread. A spread. Yeah, we have a 19-year spread among ours. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know. Well, I really appreciate, I appreciate the wisdom that Rick and Marilyn have brought in that they share from all of this experience that God's given them that they've continually learned and they have, they've grown through it all. And they've shared that wisdom with an awful lot of families over the years. And, and I think, like you said, I think that's, that's what life is about. Not just the discipleship that we do within our own families, but as the Lord's given us opportunities outside of our four walls. And I'd like for us to talk today about growing character in your kids because I hear a lot of families struggling with the character of their children, especially sometimes they don't even realize it until they're teens or young adults. And they realize, you know what? We missed the boat on both things. We, we don't have the kind of relationship we need with our kids. And clearly our kids were not accepting the discipleship that we taught them. And yeah, that is an unfortunate experience that a lot of parents have. Their kids are reasonably compliant until they get older and start going through puberty and start thinking for themselves a little bit. And then that horrible day comes when they discover that mom and dad are neither omniscient nor omnipotent. And then it's a rough go. Yeah. So, so what, I mean, just start off the bat. What advice do you give to, to families who are, 
either in that or looking at looking at it in the in the windscreen, so to speak. Because I see a lot of younger families saying, "Whoa, I don't want that to happen in my family. How can I avoid that?" What advice would you give those families? Well, there's an awful lot to it in our experience. The first thing that I would say to those parents is going to be unexpected to a lot of people, and that is that God is working on you first. You have problems with your children. I mean, none of them are perfect, and they all irritate you in one way or the other. And the thing that we have to learn, and it took me a long time to learn it, is that children in the first place aren't given to you for a convenience. They're given to you for a mission. And the first part of that mission is developing character in you. And God uses your children, somebody's called them God's little spies, to show you the areas of immaturity in your own character as you are working to develop character in them. And I believe a lot of parents don't understand that. And uh, as their children begin to act out in ways that aren't pleasing to the parents, the parents are concentrating harder on getting their children to change and don't understand that God is saying, hey, I'm giving you this irritation so that first you'll understand your need to change. Well, you know, that's so much the truth. I told a mom that the other day. She was so frustrated with her kids. And I said, mm. you know, isn't God good? to give us these little people that we love so much and to use them to conform us to the image of Christ. Oh, yeah. I mean, he could give us a mean boss or people who hated us to help us to confront our sin. But instead mm -hmm. he uses these darling people that we love so much to make mm -hmm. us realize that we're selfish pigs and we're lazy. and We, we have struggles. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's one of the purpose of parenting is to show us, where we lack and uh it's not always pleasant to see and there's always the temptation to react against your children when in fact they're just showing you your own sins and sometimes they're reflecting your own sins back at you i mean uh i've heard uh, <laughs> i've heard my mother talking through my mouth to my kids from time to time. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. things I swore I would never say to my kids because I didn't like the way she talked to me on occasion. Um, and also just the things that they do that get my goat. They, uh, they show me, you know, where I'm lacking in patience or whether I'm selfish because they've done something to uh, change my plans, interrupt my rest time or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's the first thing we have to learn is God's working on us first. And if we don't cooperate, not to say we'll ever be perfect, but if we don't make progress in our character, we're going to have a really hard time teaching our kids Christ-like character because they're looking to our example before they're looking to our admonition. And I expect you'll agree with that. Absolutely. Well, and, and that's, and that's why in those moments of stress, you know, I'll open my mouth and my father will speak. Yeah. And I realized, you know, that's, I learned from his example, even, even the times when I said, you know, I'd, I'd like to do it differently. Yeah. There's times when you just reach in the toolbox and that's the, that's the wrench that you grab. It's the one that you, yeah. that you saw your father use. And, you know, and hopefully, it, hopefully we have good examples to put, to draw from. And that's what we're not everybody, kids. not everybody does. Right. But, you know, 
I think this is especially important in the preteen years and the teen years, because if when they start melting down, when they start losing their filters and yelling out accusations and they climb on that, that roller coaster of emotions, if we oh, yeah. come on it with them, then we will destroy our relationship with them. Yeah, and, absolutely. And when we when you have a destroyed relationship, it makes the next few years horrible and so much harder. And you know, I really like that. Let's look to ourselves first because after all, somebody's gotta be the adult around here and it's not gonna be them. <laughs> that is our job, isn't it? It yeah. is. Well, I think that's a you know, I think this is a good point to to bring in that, you know, recognizing our own imperfections and our own growth and grace, hopefully, you know, that there's times that we want to be an example to our children, but we don't have an opportunity or frankly, we're not really to that level yet ourselves. Mm. I think that's where, where you can bring in the power of narratives, yeah, you bring story. in the power of stories and of history and of biography. And that's an area which you put a lot of work into, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, the Bible talks an awful lot about history. In fact, uh, the early the early chapter of Acts, where uh, Stephen is defending his life before the Sanhedrin, uh, he launches into a, a history of the nation of Israel to set the stage for the truth about the Messiah who has now come and who the uh, the Supreme Court, so to speak, doesn't want to believe in. By the same token, we as a nation need to understand our history because as we drift away from it, we're drifting away from the moral underpinnings that were there too. And I feel it's very important for that reason and also because there are so many good and bad people in our history as Americans that uh, our kids can learn an awful lot from them. Well, that, that's just exactly it, that we found it so valuable to give our kids good heroes and good examples and also to show right. them the bad examples to say, you know what, let's look at how a Christian should handle this situation. Let's, let's see, how, how does a Christian respond to war? How does a Christian respond to being persecuted? You know, it, as we give them all these historical examples and fictional examples too, then we can help them to have examples to go to later when they're looking for how, how should I handle something? How should I behave? Absolutely. And you can find plenty of examples if you know your history. Um, when children don't want to forgive each other, somebody tears the head off somebody's doll, somebody wrecks somebody's uh, tinker toy structure, if they still have tinker toys, I thought they were pretty cool, uh, or <laughs> somebody's Lincoln Log building or somebody's, whatever you know um i like to call their attention to somebody in the past who's forgiven much of course jesus is the first example yeah but you can look at jake DeShazer. he was a an american soldier in world war ii who hated the japanese because they bombed pearl harbor and then he volunteered for jimmy doolittle's bombing flight over japan and he was their plane ran out of fuel over china after they dropped their bombs he was captured by the Japanese who were occupying part of China. And for the next three and a half years until the war ended, he was tortured and starved and neglected and abused. And he grew to hate the Japanese more day by day until one day a Bible in English came into that camp, which he had in his possession for three weeks. 
During that time, he became a Christian. When he got out of the prison camp at the end of the war, he went back home to Oregon, went to Bible school, became a preacher, and went as a missionary to Japan. Starting out in Nagoya, the very city that his plane had bombed four years before. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, exciting stories from history. And in fact, I recorded a biography of Jake because he, he's just such an outstanding example of forgiveness. And we can take a person like that, and in the first place, he challenges us. Heroes challenge us to our highest and best, rather than accommodating us at our lowest and least. And in the second place, he's a, a, an individual example of the character quality of forgiveness. Hey, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Remember what Jake did to the Japanese who tortured him for three and a half years, and then he went back to share the gospel with them. If he can forgive them for what they did, can't you forgive your little brother for tearing the head off your doll? Awesome. Yeah. Well, that is exactly the kind of thing that we love too. And it has been really, I hear our kids referencing these, these stories that we told them and taught them even, a, even now as adults, I hear them referencing those things in their discussions. This story is really powerful. And I think that's one reason God uses it so much in the word, but mm -hmm. Rick, I want to take some time before we go and talk about your club because we're actually members oh. of your club and wow. our kids have benefited from your stories. You know, we love audiobooks because, well, the Lord gave us several dyslexics that struggled with reading, but, oh, yeah. also, but also audiobooks are great because families can listen together and yep. shared story is really is even more powerful because that way when somebody makes a reference to something the other person gets it and right. so we we love audiobooks in our family so could you tell us a little bit about the club well the uncle rick audio book club we bill it as a safe place for kids to learn grow and have fun and it starts out with the audiobooks um, and the way we do it, if you're a member, you get to download two books of your choice each month for $10. That's all it costs you to be in the club. Mm -hmm. So as compared to, say, Audible, where you pay $14.95 a month and get one book, we try yeah. to make it a steal deal. But beyond that, we've got three other areas. We'll be adding more. One of those other areas is a series of videos called uh, Learning Fun with Uncle Rick. And I do history tours and that sort of thing on video. And anything that I think will be beneficial and interesting to young folks, I'll make a video. It might be half an hour, an hour, hour and a half. Uh, you know, we did one at the zoo. We did one at the Appomattox Surrender Grounds. Um, we've got several on there now. So that's, uh, that's a big attraction, I think. And there's no extra charge for that. So we make that available. Then we've got also um, Out and About with Uncle Rick. And that's just little short videos where I'll run across something interesting in the course of my day. I might see a wild animal down on the farm where I record my books and uh, take my take my phone and get a video of that. You know, let's let's watch this wild turkey mom and see where she's going. Hey, these are the first robins of spring. Wonder what they're up to. Hey, look at this cornfield. Something's been eating this corn off this cob laying on the ground. Was it a raccoon or a possum? Hey, is that a bear track on the ground? That kind of thing. So that's out and about with Uncle Rick. And then we have Uncle Rick's Bible lessons. And these are short videos where I'll take a short passage of scripture and I'll explain it in a way that kids would understand and appreciate and hopefully be able to apply. 
And one of my favorite examples of that is in Proverbs, where in chapter 6, it talks about how the man who winks with his eyes and signals with his feet, points with his fingers, is up to no good. And I tell this story, you know, it has to be, have to understand this is back in the days before cell phones. But there's these two burglars that want to rob this wealthy old lady's house, and they're trying to figure out how to get in. So one of them says, hey, I know, we'll make up a code. I'll knock on her door, tell her I do yard work, offer to do her yard for half on anybody else in charge, work there a couple afternoons a week, let you know when she's away, and I know she's going to be away a while, you can go around back, break in, get the silver and get gone while I'm still out clipping the hedges in plain view of all the neighbors. So the other guy says, well, yeah, but what's this code? How are you going to let me know? He says, simple, we'll, we'll make it up. Wink of the eye means one thing. Point of the fingers means something else. Movement of the feet means something else. Nobody will ever know. Moral of the story, kids. When you see two people communicating in a way that they don't want others to understand, watch out for evil motives. Uh -huh. So that's the way I try to amplify scripture in, the, in uh, Uncle Rick's Bible lesson. So those are three areas that kids get free access to for joining the club. You know, one thing I love about your audiobooks, Rick, is the way that you just, you make it come alive, but then you also break the, the fourth wall and sometimes, and will explain a word that's hard to understand or a concept that's hard to understand. And I don't know, my kids found it very winsome. They really liked it. Obviously, you know, I cut my teeth reading to several different kids of several different ages all at the same yeah. time. So yeah. I had to develop methods, you know, making it come alive for everybody in a way that would be interesting enough for the older kids and simple enough for the younger kids. And I keep an old Webster's Dictionary on my desk because sometimes I'll come up with a word that I don't know and I'll stop right in the middle of the recording and say, hang on, little buddies, i got to look this one up. And if it's there, then I explain it to them. And, um, of course, you know they learn so much from context that oh, yeah. their vocabulary just grows, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of atomically. Uh, by hearing yeah. words that they're not familiar with. So that's another advantage of audiobooks. Well, but yeah. I want to make them feel like they're right there. As you've heard, you know, I record in a little shack on a friend's farm. I call it the little house in the pasture. And yeah. uh, he lets me keep my horses down there. I've got a garden down there. And I've got a barn down there. And i got a fish pond down there for the grandkids to fish in. And me when I can sneak a few minutes out. And... Um, <laughs> I try to make the kids feel like they're right there in the little house in the pasture with Uncle Rick. Well, I, I think it, you know, it's, it's well named because the style of your reading and presentation is very avuncular. It is very much, you're just like you're telling your, your family after dinner or you're talking to your grandchildren or whatever. It's very natural. Yeah. It's very personable. It's not, um, a slick uptown, you know, studio sound, but it's much more like here we are in the living room. Let me read you a story. This is really neat. Yeah. And, and it's really great. So Rick, tell us how can, where do they go to get this? Uncle Rick audios.com. Uncle Rick audios. That's plural audios.com. And okay. they can sign up there and download two books of their choice immediately. And they'll have their choice between, Bible, so I've recorded the Proverbs and several other books of the Bible with character application sprinkled throughout, and uh, then uh, several books of the New Testament. And then we also have a lot of history, a lot of adventure stories, 
a lot of great fiction. And most of these books are old. I should mention that. You know, these books were written, most of them over 100 years ago, when people still wrote with the intention of building character in kids. And, and yeah, there's some real advantages to your kids academically of listening to old audiobooks because oh, yeah. it teaches kids how to follow complex language and how mm -hmm. to keep the story in their mind through complex paragraphs. And we yep. found that with our dyslexics, that when they listen to a lot of audiobooks, when their decoding skills finally caught up, then they raced ahead in reading comprehension uh, because they already right. knew what those things sounded like. Because they were already processing that level of language. In yes. Their heads, so, yeah. yes. Right now I'm recording a biography of Buffalo Bill written by his sister. And it oh. was intended for adults more than children. And I'm mm -hmm. telling you, I'm stumbling over some words in that thing because the late 1800s, it was 1880s, she was writing. He was still alive then. I mean, they had some command of language. And I'm looking in the dictionary for some of these words because I don't know them and I can't find them in the dictionary. So we they're just, you know, not commonly used words now. But well, it's it good though for kids to yeah. be listening above their reading level. Yeah, because they hear a word they may not have seen before. They hear it pronounced. Then they, they learn from the context. And sometimes I'll just stop and explain if I know here's what this word means. Here's what the author is trying to say. So that's, that's a big advantage yeah. educationally. And then just the American history that they absorb. Uh, one little boy, I think he was five, asked his mother when she was going to start teaching him history, and she said, I need you to teach me history because you've learned so much from Uncle Rick. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, I appreciate I appreciate what you're doing because, you know, you are you are tapping into a lot of the benefits that we've seen with our own kids over the years. Mm -hmm. And and that we've seen, you know, yeah. Hal and I record audio books, too, and love mm -hmm. those old ones, old ones. And we've just we've talked to so many people who's that that those audio books impacted their kids lives. They that, did. They Let me tell you, I've got a, on the 30th of this month, Memorial Day, mm -hmm. I will be going down to somewhere near Greenville, South Carolina, to attend the wedding of one of my little buddies. Mm -hmm. And you've oh, heard by now, I open all my books with, hey, little buddies, it's Uncle Rick coming to you from Little House in the Pasture. Well, this little buddy has been calling me um, a lot of years, like a time or two a year. He just called me and said, hey, Uncle Rick, this is Michael. And I forget how he got my phone number, but you know, over the years we stayed in touch. And uh, I mean, he started listening when he was probably eight or ten years old, and wow. now he's invited me to his wedding. So these <laughs> things do make an impact, you know, on on kids, and and that's made an impact on me. I love the fan mail; it's wonderful. Awesome. Well, well we are out of time, so we need to go. But folks, we're members of Uncle Rick's Audio audio club and we really think you ought to check it out go to mm -hmm. uncle rick audios.com and sign up i think you'll i think you'll really appreciate it for your kids and rick we really appreciate you stopping by today and sharing mm -hmm. your wisdom with us um we've got a lot of respect for you and your family and i think our people will really appreciate what you've had to say today and please well, give our thanks you. please give our thanks to Marilyn as well for for her backstage support getting this together no kidding it wouldn't happen without her i can tell you that God bless you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. All right. Well, look, we've been talking with Rick Boyer of Character Concepts and Uncle Rick Audios. And uh, 
We are just talking about the power of story and teaching character to your kids. We have enjoyed his audios, and we're sure you would too. So until the next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. We thank you for listening. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.